Hey everybody, this is Brian. And this is John. And this is episode two of the Big Balance Podcast. You're listening to The Big Balance, the podcast for anybody looking for clear, simple advice they can actually apply. Give us a little of your time each week and we'll help you figure out work, life, and everything in between. So how you doing, Brian? I am doing good. Uh, between the last time we met to record episode one and now I've, I've actually made a few changes to my home setup. And it's nothing amazing. It's it's just the microphone stacked on books and uh, me testing out the right distances away from the uh, the mic and the pop filter. So hopefully this is going to sound a lot better than episode one on my end, at least. Well, that's good. That's good. Uh, the ergonomics are important to things like that. So make sure you're comfortable, right? Oh, terrible ergonomics right now. I am I am hunched over like a, a ninety year old man right now. So that's that step. That episode three. Hopefully, I'll have a comfortable setup. <laughs> that actually sounds like a good topic in the future, right? <laughs> <laughs> literal balance. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. Perfect. Literal. The big balance between yeah. sitting in your desk and typing on your keyboard. How about that? Yep. So for those who don't know, I share an office with my fiance, and sometimes that means making compromises on what we listen to as background music or even listening to music at all. So uh, between juggling calls and our schedules, sometimes it's nice to have that music on in the background. Uh, we like to fill in some of that dead space. So Brian and I actually have a coworker who doesn't listen to anything. No podcasts, news, TV, music, nothing, nada. So it got me thinking. Why do I like listening to music while I'm working? What benefit do I get out of it? And does it actually help me? Brian, I wanted to pose the question to you. Do you listen to music while you work? I do. I, I don't think I ever am, am not listening to music at work unless I'm on a, uh, a client call. Um, what I listen to really depends on what I'm doing at the time. Generally, I'm just looking for something that has kind of an even feel and really doesn't get in the way. So, you know, jazz as an example, I can do Brubeck. I, I can't do Coltrane. Um, and one thing I really started listening to a, probably about a year ago uh, is the the lo-fi hip-hop beats. And I, I know a lot of people pan those stations. Um, actually, the, the New Yorker came out and called it i love this name but uh it makes me a little bit sad they call it apathetic music to make spreadsheets too which <laughs> yeah I, I think it's a bit ironic considering people call the new yorker middlebrow magazine so it's a little bit of glass houses and, and throwing stones yeah um but uh i i graduated from those lo-fi beat stations to uh, really listening to live DJ sets because I, I feel like there's a sense of progression, but there's also variation to keep it interesting. And I don't know whether this has always been a thing or whether the quarantine made me notice, but a lot of these DJ sets are you know set up either on a yacht in tropical waters or on a cliff overlooking the Mediterranean. So it kind of has a, a little bit of a visual appeal as well. So it's funny you mentioned that. I think I saw something not too long ago. It was a, a DJ or an electronic producer who, for one of his quarantine sets, actually had a piano uh, helicoptered up to the top of a mountain for him to perform. So it seems like aesthetic plays a big part in, in, in those DJ sets. Yeah, it's, it's a sign of the times. You know, people listen, you know, a, among the reasons people listen to music is to have a little bit of an escape kind of change their sure. their mind space and and seeing that dj set especially when we're all locked down is you know something to, to take your mind off of the the immediate space you're in 
One thing that I think is really great about those sets that you reference to is they're usually a specified period of time. So it's a little bit different than listening to a full album uh, just because you reference as far as the uh, the variants and, you know, the structure, the way these sets are set up. So they're usually, I want to say, you know, in the hour to somewhere in that ballpark range, right? Yeah, one or two hours sometimes. Yeah. So I think that's a great way of actually structuring your work to be a little bit more focused. So what I mean by that is really taking those periods of saying, all right, for this entire set, I enjoy listening to this. I'm going to focus on this task right here for this period of time. So to your point, the New Yorker, you know, calling the lo-fi hip hop beats, uh, apathetic music to make spreadsheets too. I don't think they're wrong, but I think there's something to be said about using that as a way to either reward yourself with a break um, by listening to music and finding another song. I call it the uh, the Netflix syndrome of just scrolling through and spending more time searching than you do actually listening or, or watching. So in this instance, be mindful of how you're doing that. But what I really like to do is I actually like to listen to physical media while I'm working. So uh, for me, insert the hipster joke here, I like to listen to vinyl. So for me, I, I listen to an album side forces me to get up and change the album. So by giving myself that little break to get up and do something, it's a nice way to break up my day and not just be hyper-focused on my work. Yeah, for, for all we have in common, and I think we do have a lot in common, especially when it comes to, to musical taste, this is one place I'm going to differ from you on. I, I am not the most nostalgic person. Uh, at least I don't tie memories or feelings to physical objects. And I've been on a mission to digitize for the past few years. Uh, books or, or music or video. I, don't give me hard copies. Uh, and I, I think a lot of this stems from packing and moving either myself uh, or my wife before we were married she changed apartments a couple times before moving in with me and uh books are heavy <laughs> stuff is uh, stuff is stuffy you know it takes you have a, a hard space. stance on books i know you do. i have i have a spartan stance on on things I, the fewer things the better and if i can get an entire library uh on a digital device great and and i understand that i listen to spotify i have my digital uh digital outputs we'll say uh, I like to listen to them while I'm doing focus work, but I guess the point I'm making with the the vinyl or the physical media, if you will, is it's taking those pockets the same way that those DJ sets work to where it's a specified period of time. I try to stay focused during that specified specified period of time because I'm a little uh, little uh, not hyper focused all the time, and it's a good way to keep me hyper hyper focused. Well, it's like you look at Netflix or, or any streaming service, and it's it's essentially infinite, right? And when you have vinyl or you have physical medium, uh, it ends. So it, it's an actual bookmark of, of time. So I think I, I get where you're coming from. It, it makes sense to me to, to kind of say, okay, this is going to be a you know one-hour or two-hour session where I'm going to get something done and, and take a break at the end versus if you're just streaming, technically it never ends. So I, I do see the appeal of that. Yeah. For me, I'm somebody who makes a lot of playlists on Spotify, too, as far as I make a huge hyper playlist of a thousand songs and just put it on shuffle. Uh, I don't know if there's any thought behind that other than, well, these are the songs I'm listening to right now that I want to listen to uh, in a unstructured format, I guess. But to your point, uh, it is kind of, I guess you get a little lost in it. And I guess that's something that I was curious about as far as what that means while we're working. So one thing I did want to talk to you about is the concept of how music can boost productivity and actually, you know, increase your output a little bit. So I do want to ask you, are you familiar at all with the concept of where music while you work 
came from, where, you know, some of the earlier examples with them be? I, I know there are studies that have been done. I don't really know the, the origin of them. Well, perfect, because you're setting me up perfectly right now. So, <laughs> so really, I was curious about, you know, what does that mean when I'm listening to music and what is that, you know, does it increase my productivity at all? So uh, one of the earliest examples of, of actually, I would say, measuring what that output looked like is during World War II in British factories, they were actually pumping in uh, live feeds of music from different radio stations into certain factories. And what they saw is that the output of those specific factories actually, in some cases, went up by almost 15%. But really, what I was curious about, or what I was thinking while I was reading this uh, article here is, there's a longer history of, of music while we work outside of pumping in actual music. So I want to boil it down to even a little bit of uh, more granular of a level whistling while you work that's technically a form of like listening to music you're actually actively creating the music but when you think about that like we all whistle while we work do you, i don't know about you do you whistle while you work <laughs> or do you whistle while you do task i i do not and uh for everybody listening just to kind of give a, an example of this setup john and i have i work right outside of our uh our collective boss's office and i do not True. think she would appreciate that True. I forgot as far as the location of your office. It's been a long time since we've been there. (laughs) So I think we're going to take a little break there. And when we get back, I want to talk a little bit more about how music actually makes us more productive and how that actually works. So what's called activation theory or trait activation theory. So when we get back, more on that. Apologies in advance for not only probably what's going to be an oversimplified definition, but potentially a complete butchering, but I wanted to talk about trait activation theory. So this is something that's stemming back to, I think the the thought really stemmed in the 80s, and then it was developed through the 90s, the aughts. So somewhat of a new thought, we'll say. It's basically the idea that you can activate certain desirable behaviors or traits by placing people or employees in certain situations that either require those traits or encourage those traits. Easiest example I can give is putting an employee who has shown aptitude, and more on that later, for social settings and sociability in client-facing situations. While this isn't directly related to music and productivity and our work, as we'll say, this got me thinking about how can I apply this type of thinking to how I work, especially in my remote environment. Lo and behold, this is what some companies have been trying to do um, for for years now, I guess. Uh, And more often, more have considered this. Spoiler alert, jury's out on whether we can actually harness this trade activation, but those personality tests that we sometimes take at work or in our offices, they have something to do with that. And they're really trying to do some of that legwork to figure out what those traits are that we have. E.g., find the right roles for us based on personality traits. Now, Brian, stick with me here. 
But if we can identify certain music or songs that make us more focused or grind a little harder, this is in essence manipulating ourselves like trait activation theory, right? Am I, am I completely off here in this thought? Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense to me. I, I definitely think that different types of music do inspire different you know, thoughts that we have in different ways of, of thinking and doing things. So I see that being valuable to try out. Okay, well, I'm glad you agree because I'm going to present us, uh, we'll say a la David Letterman, uh, unfortunately I don't have any jokes for this, of uh, the top three reasons as to why we should listen to music. Um, so I'm going to start from the bottom, work my way up. So there's actually been studies that have been shown that music can improve your mood. I don't think this is really a big surprise for many of us. More often than not, I'll turn on certain songs when I'm happy or I'll turn on certain songs when I'm sad to try to make me happy. But really, music reflects how we're feeling or it can reflect how we want to feel. By playing the certain songs that we like or certain songs or certain music genres that we enjoy, it can boost our mood. And you know, whenever we're happier, we tend to do things a lot better. You know, I don't even think it's just a, a mood boost. I think really when you get down to it, it's almost more of an amplification, right? Like yeah. If you're in a good mood, you know, the right song can make you in a better mood. If you're feeling kind of aggressive, a more aggressive song might make you farther in that direction. So I, I wonder if that's kind of the key to it as well as to, to find music that fits a productive mood. And that's exactly what I was getting at in terms of harnessing that power of trade activation theory. If I know that certain songs influence that type of behavior from myself, I'm going to try to start doing that. Uh, this isn't something that I'm just going to be talking about in theory. I'm actually going to be paying attention in the coming weeks to what songs I tend to be more productive with. I don't know how I'm going to measure this, but you know, we'll say I'm going to do a little study to myself. I'm going to start to actually try to do this because I think there's some value to be had if I can figure that out and harness that power, it's almost feel like I cracked a little human cheat code. Did I ever tell you the, uh, the idea for a quadrant map I wanted to do with music from a tagging perspective? I feel like this sounds familiar, but refresh my memory. Yeah. And, and nowhere near as scientific as we're talking about here, but I've always kind of considered, we talked about the idea that music can be you know, happy versus angry we uh, talk about how music can be kind of upbeat versus relaxed. You take those two traits and you form a quadrant out of them. It really could do a good job of kind of defining how music can fit into the mood you're in. I can give you an example of that. Uh, earlier, I think this week, we talked about the Cat Empire, kind of a, a ska-type gypsy Australian band that I like. One of a kind. They're, yeah, they're both very positive, but they're also very energy uh very high energy so that combination of uh, of those two traits is a very specific mood and if you're in a good mood it can help you be productive and, and work really hard um on the other side uh earlier you know during this episode we talked about the the whole uh, apathetic music to make spreadsheets <laughs> to still positive but it's a lot more of a relaxed vibe so it can also make you more productive but for different types of things um, so I've, I would love to explore that more. And I, I have, you know, obviously plenty of bands and types of music that I listen to that can be put into those quadrants. And I'd like to try that sometime. And I think you bring up a great point in terms of maybe going with the flow in terms of your mood or your energy level, as opposed to trying to combat against it and fight against it. Because 
if you're trying to force yourself out of a certain mood, you might be wasting more energy and more effort than's really worth it. You know, is the juice worth the squeeze in that in that situation? For number two, our top three reasons why you should listen to music while you work. It actually shows that in certain instances, you can improve your memory by listening to music. So I want to be very specific here. Uh, don't listen to death metal or, or, or something that's really intrusive while you're trying to read and comprehend. But if you have that ability to multitask, certain music can influence uh what we'll say your cognition and your memory ability and the reason why or at least the reason why we speculate why is that sometimes music can have that calming effect so to your point brian certain music to fit certain moods if it can have that calming effect on our body it shows that when we're in a calmer state we're more open and more receptive to learning and and actually increasing our memory ability i guess if you will again not a scientist <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need a, a how-to on that because I listen to music all the time and I have the memory of a goldfish, so I'm, I'm obviously doing it wrong. It, it might all come down to the type of music and and, and the genre because that's something I, I do want to touch on as well as far as unintended consequences as well. So don't want to jump ahead too far because I do want to talk about one more thing before we get into that, but that's that's a great segue into our into our next segment, Brian. Our, our, our last reason, our number one reason as to why you should listen to music while you work. Uh, and I think we've been touching on this the entire time. This shouldn't be a surprise, but it keeps you focused. And if it can keep you focused, you can actually be more productive. So I've seen some different numbers, uh, varying numbers of different levels, but it's anywhere between, we'll say, 65 and 85% of people who actually listen to music while they work have said that it keeps them focused. Again, I don't know how we can actually measure this sometimes, but if people are re responding to these types of surveys saying that they are focused, I like to imagine that we're not all BSing ourselves 100% of the time, but you never know. But in any event, if we're more focused, it should lead to more productivity. Don't want to make any promises. Again, not a scientist, but for what it's worth, if it can keep you focused, can't be a bad thing. Brian, you did kind of touch on one thing earlier, and I did preview this just a, a little bit ago, but I wanted to talk about maybe some unintended consequences of music while we're working as well. When I think of music while we're working, and I think we touched on this a little bit, I'm picturing headphones in, right? Are you, are you picturing the same thing? Assuming we're in an office environment, correct? Yeah, I mean, unless we're talking about uh, Office Space the movie with the the wonderful boombox scene, nine <laughs> times out of ten. I, I have to imagine most people today are using headphones instead of any kind of speakers. Right, and and with the advent of, you know, vo uh, you know VoIPs and, and things like that, we're all, you know, most of the time taking calls on our, on our laptops too, so it kind of justifies keeping those headphones in. So with that, I actually did see one thing in an article uh, as far as uh, – a way to avoid altercation in the workplace. And it recommended putting in your headphones, even if you're not listening to music, if you're worried about an altercation or an interaction with a certain coworker you don't like. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if we should really be encouraging avoiding interactions with our coworkers and colleagues. What are your thoughts on that? 
Well, I definitely think that does have a place, and it's really rooted, I think, in the the whole concept of the open office. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that's kind of going by the wayside these days. I, I don't think a lot of companies still think open office plans are a good idea. Some do. Um, I, I don't think there's a person alive who enjoys working in them. That being said, so having headphones in one capacity was drowning out the guy sitting right next to you who's really loud and barking on the phone. And uh, for anybody keeping tabs, that's me in the office most days <laughs> and people around me, I apologize. But the other half was, hey, it's it's a way to say to somebody else who is otherwise sitting right next to you in what appears to be a social setting, even though it's still a work setting. I'm busy. I'm heads down focused on something. So I do see how it makes sense. Um I think it's more vestigial at this point than anything else. I think it made sense in an open office environment, but uh, if you're somebody who has some room to themselves, even just a cubicle, it, it, it might seem like if you have them in all day, you're, you're a bit too unapproachable at that point. Agreed. And I think personally, I using our office space as an example, I, I like uh, the, I guess we'll call it classic cubicles. I do feel like our cubes were very spacey. We did have a lot of room. It was nice. I like having my own space and having worked in both an open office and that cubicle environment. Uh, sometimes music was a reprieve for me and the, the hustle and bustle uh, of all the office around you. And I don't know if you've worked in any open offices, but um, I know the one I did, they actually pumped in white noise into the office and you could tell when it wasn't on. It was a way to you know dim some of the acoustics and the sounds from you know traveling a long way. But it, when it went down the one day, everyone was asking, what's going on? Something, something sounds weird today. So they knew it was off. So what does that say about your concept if you have to pump in uh, background noise or white noise for people to even be able to function? Uh, not good, but I, I can even one-up that, and I'm going to show my age here. Uh, I'm old enough not only to remember when malls were kind of the the main place you went to go shopping <laughs> instead of Amazon. I also worked at a mall, and not only that, I worked in this thing called a video store oh. uh, where you bought these things called DVD. This is before Blu-ray DVDs. Um, and the what only about reason those I video cassettes. Of, yeah, I, I'm not that old. I, yeah. I remember renting them as a kid, yes, but not even well to to work. Yeah, um, but. The reason I bring that up, have you ever been to a mall during non-business hours? Because I never really noticed music playing in a mall when I would walk around it, but I definitely noticed it when I was alone walking through the uh, the mall after close-up. It's actually very loud and almost disconcerting to be in an empty mall with kind of light, breezy music playing. There's a whole YouTube community now dedicated to playing songs in what feels like an empty mall environment. I don't know if it's putting effects on it or uh, manipulating it somehow, but basically creating a way to make it sound like you're listening to a song through an empty mall with uh, during, to your point, off off work hours. It's kind of creepy. I get like silent For, for those who vibes. don't feel lonely enough during quarantine, here's music to make you lonelier. I don't, <laughs> don't really get that. Uh, I can't say I support that notion either. But to kind of put a nice bow on this whole conversation we're, we're having here, I, I did want to end with a little anecdote for you here, Brian. Uh, in the course of doing the research for this episode, I came across plenty of lists, uh, plenty of reasons as to why you should listen to music while you're working, um, advocating for both for and against music while you work. And 
of those lists, uh, playlists came up pretty often. Uh, here's some recommendations as to what you can listen to. Can I tell you what was on the majority of those lists? Or better yet, do you want to take a guess as to what type of genre specifically, or if we'll call it that, what type of music was on that list more often than not? Oh, God, I don't even, I can't even begin to guess. Apathetic music to listen to spreadsheets ah, to uh, the lo-fi hip-hop beats. <laughs> Uh, vindication for, yeah. for the for the genre. Yeah, and and it's funny enough, my fiance Rachel, she'll put it on occasionally. I can't say I hate it. It's it's definitely not music that requires a lot of thought, and I think that's why it's effective. And there you have it, episode two in the books. Hopefully, you learned something. Hopefully, you're going to activate certain traits, and you will join us again next week. So, until then, thanks for joining. Did we do reason number one, by the way? I don't even remember. We did. It was the keep you focused. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't paying attention. Because <laughs> I'm not listening to music. Yeah. Wow. It's You know what? Just have a constant stream of music playing in the background. Oh, and I'll tell you what. That's going to be great for the album. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Big Balance Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and drop us a comment while you're there. Until next time.